Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Cross Culture Podcast, where we have conversations to help Christian leaders create a cross culture in their church. Wherever you're listening from, we hope that this conversation helps you take the next step of embracing God's beautiful, diverse vision for your church. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Cross Culture Collective. Man, we have another conversation. This is Philip Pinckney, pastor of Redding Church, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Will Plunk, pastor of Grace City Church. Will, how you feeling, brother? I'm feeling good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm feeling good today. How about you? Pastor? I'm, not, I'm not too bad, man. End of year is kind of a busy time for pastors. Are you are you feeling that, or are you resting, or are you running? You know, honestly, uh, we are going to be in a season of rest. Okay. And then we're going to hit run early January. <laughs> we really are. I was talking good. to my staff about it yesterday. I yeah. was like, hey, we actually need to rest intentionally. And yep. I was talking about how to how to sewer rest well and even how to re-enter. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people don't think about the re-entry. Yeah. I mean, and January is going to be crazy. January is going to be crazy. January is going to be crazy for us, too. So we're, we're doing something similar. Yeah. Um, giving a little bit of rest this week leading up to Christmas and then... Uh, by January one, it's it's go time for it's us. On. Yeah, it's go time. <laughs> so, here we are. Here we here are. Now. Oh man. Well, today uh, we we're gonna pick up a conversation. We're gonna take a little bit of a break from kind of the series of very practical things. But we've done everything from groups to diversity in the details to preaching, and we got worship coming soon. And so uh, we're gonna take a little bit of a break and kind of zoom out for a second, Pastor Will. Yeah. Um, wh- where are we going today? Yeah, I'm excited, and I would just really encourage you um, if you turn on the podcast. Uh, wherever you are to to really hone into today's conversation because we're gonna we're gonna zoom out and talk about the cross culture collective as a whole mm-hmm. in regards to mission values hopes dreams and uh, if you have been a listener or even if you're just jumping in now why I think you should listen is because our hope is to be more than a podcast yeah this is an element of what we hope to do and hope to accomplish and resources we want to provide but uh I don't know about you Pastor Philip. <laughs> But doing this work, we need people. We need resources. We need communities and cohorts. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what, man, I was loath to start with this because I, I was convinced that the world does not need another podcast. Yeah. I was like thoroughly convinced. Yeah. I, I was too till uh, yeah. you called me. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, because, but, but I think it's important for us to realize, man, this is not just another podcast, yeah, right? This absolutely. isn't, uh, we're not just trying to add our voice in a, in a monologue type format. Um, to the conversation, we hope that this is a, a stepping stone. And so most people may not realize that the Cross Culture Podcast is actually just one piece of the Cross Culture Collective. Yeah. The Cross Culture Collective. So uh, in, in you, how would you say that? What do you, what would you say the Cross Culture Collective is? If yeah. somebody just asked you on the street. <laughs> yeah. I, the Cross Culture Collective really is um, it's it's a shot at trying to um, communicate the why behind um, multi-ethnic practices, mm-hmm. but really also the practical details, like how to do it, yes. how to live it, how to make this, how, how to actually give you tools so that you're not like digging in the sand with your hands. Like, how do yeah. I give you a shovel? Yeah. And we believe a podcast is a part of that, but also gr- creating networks and communities of people who might feel isolated doing the work yeah. um, is is a huge part of what we want to do. So we really just want to get people together to build capacity and build strength in this work. Yeah. It's really just this idea of, we, man, our hope is to create an ecosystem of yeah. resources and relationships of, of brothers and sisters who are pushing towards being a cross-cultural church. Mm-hmm. And I think both of those words are important. This may be review for some, introductions to others, but uh, we don't want to just be diverse because, as we've said before, hell is going to be diverse. There you go. A lot of workplaces are diverse, right? Mm-hmm. So diversity on its own is not necessarily a spirit-filled thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, it, yet, but when you 
when you have the the cross right when you don't lose uh theological truth mm. in order to pursue a, so, a social agenda but you use that theological truth to speak in a compassionate yet compelling way to our culture and you do some intentional things, you can actually create that culture of diversity of people crossing over into spaces that Mm. they wouldn't stumble into on their own. And so we want to create a collective of people trying to do that Mm -hmm. because I mean, you're a pastor of one church. I'm a pastor of one church, but we're not just two churches trying to do this. There are thousands of cross culture churches around. Um, And I say it like this, man, most people who lead a diverse church, they're the only one in their city doing that. So true. That's so true. It's not that there aren't lots of them. There's just none of them in arm's reach typically, mm-hmm. right? It's, oh, that's just, this is the diverse church of this city, right? If this is the diverse church in Dayton, Ohio, this is the diverse yeah. church in <laughs> whatever, right? And so you're like, the, typically you're the only one in your city. Now there's some exceptions for sure, but um, in, in the South and even Northeast in some places, like you, you're probably the only one intentionally going after it. Mm-hmm. You may not be the only diverse church, right? You might not be the only cross-culture church, but as far as being intentional about it, about you know holding tightly to the to the truth of scripture while also being intentional about the application with mm-hmm. practices, you might be the only one in your city. Absolutely. And my hope was the Cross Coach Collective could be uh, a connecting point for people who would otherwise not find themselves able to reach out and touch one another. Mm. Yeah. W- what does it feel? You had a helpful analogy of like the pastor trying to make this happen. Like, yeah. how, how would you yeah, describe yeah. it? I, I mean, and I've felt this way before, but yeah. it's like you're in the jungle with a machete. Yeah. You just you just you're whacking away at the trees trying to make a path. And you're like, has nobody walked this way before? <laughs> and you yeah. and you, you really are just out there and you're grabbing everything you can to try to move forward. Mm-hmm. But uh what the collective really does, it helps us to look up and to see there's other brothers and sisters in different parts of the world uh who have made who have made a way. Yeah. Um or who are making a way. Mm-hmm. And they can even tell you, Hey, you using that machete, have you noticed that's not the right one? You should try this tool. And you're like, yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like this is gonna speed up my work. But not only that, it gives you um what community can do and what the collective piece, the cross cultural collective does, is it actually builds support so that you can endure in the work. Yeah. Because sometimes when you're in the work and you're the only person in your city, to your point, mm-hmm. Pastor Philip, is you start feeling alone. Yeah. And when you feel alone, sometimes there can be cowardice, there can be isolation, yeah. and you can start feeling a little bit crazy, like, should I really push this yeah. to, to this degree? Yeah. Have I gone too far? That's you know, so you can true. ask yourself those questions and start to doubt. Let's 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 pull on that thread a little bit, because I think before we hit the record button, uh, you know, we were talking about like, man, you can start to feel crazy. Yeah. Right? Because you feel like the radical in comparison to the pastors around you. Yeah. And you're not really, but just... You just feel that way. You right? do. Um, and it's only when you talk to other brothers and sisters who are in this work that you don't feel like the radical. You just right. feel like, okay, this is just normal. Yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm not talking about justice every Sunday. Like I'm preaching to the Bible, but I'm not running away from it when the Bible brings it up. Yeah. Right. If there's a, a shooting in my city, right. Like I'm going to just not pretend it didn't happen. Like I'm going to, I'm going to say something, maybe even mobilize our people towards something. And I think a lot of pastors who are doing that, unfortunately might be the only pastor that they know doing that. Yeah. And so they start to think, like, am I, like, am I losing it? Like, am I, am I yeah. you know? That's, Phil, that's so good because I think what can happen, too, is even from either side, yeah. um, uh, they create a false dichotomy. They say, if you're going to pursue cross, meaning cross culture, yeah. then you're going to abandon the gospel. And if you're going to pursue the cross, meaning the cross of Christ, mm-hmm. you're going to pursue, you're going to abandon culture. Yeah. And so what I love about the cross culture collective is it's harmonizing our ethics and our epistemology, our practices and our belief systems. Yes. 
And um, it's saying, hey, there are, there is a place mm-hmm. where we can preach the whole gospel, which includes crossing and loving people who are different than us because of the cross. Yeah. And that's what the Cross Culture Collective is really trying yeah. to do. And this is, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not a lead pastor or a leader of a church, like you felt this too, probably. Yeah. Like you have thought, like you've read the Bible and you've read different parts of scripture and you're like, oh man, I should do something with this. Then you start to do something with it and you get called all kinds of names. Like <laughs> <You do. laughs> socialism, that's Marxism. Uh-huh. Like that's not the gospel. We just here to, you know, get people to go to heaven. And if they starve to death on the side of the road, that's between them and the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. but you're like, so even faithful believers who are taking the truths of scripture seriously, like we've talked about some books before that just punch you in the face. Like the book of James just punches you in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? You're not even a Christian. If you're not yeah. loving people, right. First, second and third John, like these, these things that are just clear in scripture, almost the entirety of the old Testament, right. Um, what God judged the nation of Israel for wasn't just improper worship. It was improper relations with the world. So true. Right. That's and so, good. That's good. so even believers find themselves feeling like, am I, Am I crazy? <laughs> like, am I crazy for thinking that feeding people is just as good uh, as some of these other church activities? Right. Yeah. Am I, am I crazy for thinking that the world should be like more just than it is and Christians should be at the forefront of making that happen? Yeah. Right. And you start to feel crazy. Cause like a lot of folks who are, you may respect, you may love, you may read their books. They're saying, no, that's not the gospel. That's socialism. Well, Pastor Philip, tell me yeah. this because in regards to creating a place for this, like one thing I've noticed is um, sometimes like you really do go look for a place mm-hmm. that's talking about justice in a winsome way that is really applying those things. And you look and they actually don't have as high a view of the cross of Christ and the yeah. inerrancy of scripture yeah. or other places, again, that they're preaching the gospel that, you know, the gospel <laughs> they're preaching. You didn't see that. The head nod. <laughs> they're preaching the gospel. They're preaching yeah. in an inerrancy of scripture and they don't have this, the same kind of view of, of social reform as, as an application of yeah. the gospel. So like what was the motive or the intention or the hope behind creating a place that's, that's full of both. Yeah. One was, man, I have benefited from the presence of that space. Okay. Like what most, most people may not know is this podcast, right? was a byproduct of just a relationship you and I had, mm. right? We had a place where we like, hey man, let me get with Pastor Will. Like we'll yeah. go to, go get our, go to our spot, you know what I'm saying? Right, go yeah. eat and just be able to share and talk, uh-huh. right? And sometimes it was race and justice. Sometimes it was Bible and preaching. Sometimes it was family and life. But like yeah. it was the, the ability to have the conversation with people who not are just like you, but pushing for the things that you're pushing for. Mm. Convicted about the things that you're convicted about. I don't, I don't think that's a, it's a bad thing. I think a Col- a Colossians four eleven comes to mind. Um, it's it's a verse that may not get a lot of playtime, but it's towards the end of the book, and he, you know Paul's doing some shout outs. He's like, "Hey man, Aristarchus is in prison with me. Take care of him." And then in verse eleven, he says something I think is is applicable to what we're talking about. Colossians four eleven says this. Uh, Paul talking, he says, "Jesus, the one we call justice, also sends his greetings, and these are the only Jewish believers among my coworkers." They are working with me for the kingdom of God and what a comfort they have been. Um, And so I think part of the comfort they have been for Paul was these are my kinsmen of the flesh, Mm. right? Uh, We hear his heart cry out in Philippians, right? I wish I could give up my salvation to save my people, right? Like he was the apostle to the Gentiles in some ways, but he still found great comfort in his people. And I don't think in an ethnocentric way, I don't think in in a racist way or an exclusivist way, but he just found comfort in that kinship. Mm. And I think there's a comfort in kinship, even among 
pastors and leaders who maybe not look the same, but at least are convicted about the same things. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of people who have the convictions around diversity, which includes justice, which includes some, you know, living out the truths of scripture in a visible, tangible way. A lot of those things, you might be the only one and you don't have that kinship. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that's what Cross Culture Collective came from was I felt what it's like to not have it. And I felt the benefit of having it. And I said, to your example, like I'm chopping down trees in the jungle. Like, yeah. man, has nobody done this before? Right. And I realized a lot to have. They're just all disconnected, right? We're all standing side by side, charting new path where we could just be working together. And so, um, so I think that's where Cross Culture Collective came from was how do we get Christian leaders together who are convicted about the same things, running in towards the same things? How do we make them feel less crazy because they're doing it in community yeah. of people that's who so also good. want to do it too? That's so good. Yeah. If you're listening, I, I, honestly, because I, I was the guy too. again, out in the woods with the machete. But the truth is I wasn't looking up. Mm. At the end of the day, I kind of just thought this is my work. Yeah. Like this is what God, this is a task God's assigned to me. I might be a, a, a prophet in the wilderness and I'm just going to cut down. And it, <laughs> it wasn't till I mean, part of it was really your friendship and just some stuff God was impressing on me. Like, no, I need to look up and the way in which I can do the work today even from three years ago is, is dramatically different because of the people beside me or in front of me or even behind me in this work. So if you're listening, I just, I'm going to, to be honest, you need this. Like you, you need something. Yeah. You need some form of community beside you helping you in this work. If you're going to be able to endure in it. Absolutely. So what's coming? Let's talk about the what, and then let's talk about the why. So we have, we have the podcast for sure. Uh, We've got a blog on our website. For sure. But here's a couple of things that are that are coming. One is the uh, cohorts and two is the workshop. So let me describe the what and then I want to talk about why we think these are important next steps. Pastor Will. Um, one is the cohort, which is it's going to start off being primarily for lead pastors, but it's just a relational environment to connect lead pastors who have a diverse church or are sacrificially leading in that way. Now, let me qualify that sacrificially leading in that way means like, Paul, you have the scars when you're back to show. There we go. Now this ain't for like the, Hey, I'm curious. Right. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there's a fun stat out there. Lifeway did a survey. 88% of pastors surveyed, um, believe that churches should be diverse. 88%. 88%. So the vast majority Let of people, me stop. go ahead. That's an indictment. Just, I mean, that's that hit me. I mean, yeah. that we, that we are saying, we believe this is what God wants. But I wonder what the percentage would really be for those of us who are willing to pursue it in the same degree. I'm just like, man, like we need to we need to be taking steps. If if that's true, if we believe this, yeah, it's our responsibility to try to to fight for us to become this. So, man, yeah. yeah so the the reality is there. I mean, most pastors want this to be true. Yeah. But as we know, we're talking about twenty to twenty five percent of churches actually reflect that reality. And so this would be a cohort, not for people who are curious or not people who are just leaning in for people who have it already diversity in the church or like, man, I've, I have lost staff. I have lost members. Like I'm committed to this thing and I got the credentials. I got the resume to show it. And so, and here's why, not that we want to exclude anybody, but there is that kinship we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. There's something about being on a, on a call with 20, 30 pastors around the country who are like all in it, Mm -hmm. all in it. Like you're all in it. Yeah. And that's a different conversation when, for example, as it has happened before, like a terrible tragedy happens in a city or a national tragedy happens and pastors are going to have to say something on a Sunday. Right. 
that could be an environment where in this cohort, pastor could get on the call and be like, all right, man, what you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know you're not going to just minimize it. I know you're not going to ignore it. I know like, I kn- we are shooting for the same thing. Now we get to learn from one another. Yeah. And so uh, the, the cohort is the what, but the why is that relationship, right? That relationship with brothers and sisters around the country who you may not have otherwise had the ability to know, to interact with, to engage with, because maybe they're not geographically proximate. But man, maybe this could be a meeting place for like-minded folks that have that kinship and have that resource to pull on. And just having a, having a a space or a group you're a part of that that anchors in meeting times or yeah. something like that is helpful because I mean, you know, if you if you're a lead pastor, you busy, you got stuff going on in your life, and you might be like, why don't I, why don't I need another thing? Well, you need another thing because this is going to give you endurance for the work. But also just to have something that's going to be regular on your calendar is going to ensure you're yep. getting the community, you're getting the advice, and you're growing as a leader mm-hmm. in this work. Absolutely. The second what, before we get to the why, is the workshops, cross-cultural workshops. Now, the workshops are particularly helpful for churches early on in the church planting journey or churches in the revitalizing stage, churches that are about to go some un- some kind of seismic transformation, and they have a little room to come and see. So the workshops are hosted over the weekends. Once again, these are um, not quite available yet, but they soon will be. They're hosted over the weekend where a church planting team or a church leadership team could come down for the weekend, um, visit one of our churches and spend time, you know, not just seeing a worship service, but spend time with those leaders, the worship leader, the groups, guys, the 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 ministry operations, the executive folks like meet their teams with your teams. So they can begin talking about how to to contextualize what you saw where you are. Right. Because you can't necessarily do what another church does. Right. But you can learn the principles for how some churches have been able to achieve diversity in worship and preaching and groups and gathering communication and and social media and imaging like in all those different um, arenas. And it's a great place to bring a leadership team down to not only see it and experience it, but to also maybe understand it a little bit more. And so if you have if you're early in like the first year or two or even in the pre launch stage, the workshops are probably the most meaningful for you. Now, any church is welcome to come. Um, but the, the if you're early in the stage where you're kind of setting the culture, setting the DNA, um, especially if you want something that your people on your staff haven't experienced, mm-hmm. that could be a really incredible time to come see it first. Yeah. So that's that's the what behind the workshops. Good. That's good. Yeah. And our hope is, man, our hope is that it would just inspire people. Right. Um, one we could probably learn from you probably have some great feedback, oh, right? Yeah. Um, a secret shopper is like a gift for a pastor, right? Like, <laughs> hey, what'd you see? Right. right. Uh, just tell me the truth. Um, so it'd be a gift for us to to host you, but also too, it'd be hopefully uh most people who are part of a diverse church now either sought it out because they experienced it at some point in their life and they've been looking for it ever since, or two it's the exact opposite and they've never experienced it. They got convicted by it and now They've committed to be a part of it. Yeah. And so you might have a a church plant team that is deeply committed to this work, but has never actually experienced it. Mm. And so a workshop could be a good place, not just to get information, but also to get context, to get a a sense of like, man, that was actually, that worship was different. Yeah. It instills belief. Yeah. It instills belief when you see, oh, this is here. Like Mm -hmm. there's a place. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So those are the what. So the podcast is just the the first step, um, but hopefully this leads to the cohorts, which is that relational environment for pastors to be uh, with with that kinship of like-minded leaders. And then which leads to the workshops, right? Where whole teams of people could come down to Charleston for the weekend, experience worship at one of our churches, and then 
have a chance to meet, sit down, talk, unpack what they saw, ask questions, all those other things. So um, that's what's coming because ultimately the cross culture collective is more than a podcast. Right. And that's what we're leading with right now. Yeah. Uh, but we, cause we wanted to re- create the conversation that most people don't believe is happening. Yeah. Like that's why we started with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you are a pastor, like you just seen your story, my story, like we just feel like we got to put our head down and figure it out. Yeah. Cause all the books we've read, have convinced us of why, right? but really not showing us how. Mm-hmm. And so we just figured, I have assumed, and I've heard so many other pastors assume that the how is up to us to figure out. Mm. Well, kind of. Yeah. But there's also the body of Christ, which we can pull on, that's also figuring it out. Absolutely. You know, I, even our groups, just give a tangible example of this. Um, our groups podcast, uh, when we, we talk about how we do prayer in groups, I don't know yeah. if you remember this, uh-huh. um, but I actually changed how we did groups because of our conversation. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I felt comfortable doing that because I know Will is thinking about groups the same way I'm thinking about groups. Now, if you weren't, I'd be less, I'd be hesitant. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, we're trying to accomplish different things. Right. Right. But there was a great comfort in, oh, I learned something new and I don't have to be suspicious of it because mm. it's not like it's an all black or all white church. Right. And so you have to be, you always got to be hesitant to import those things in. Right. You do. Because everything is producing what you get. Yeah, and it's culturally, things are culturally rooted. For sure. So you just got to yeah. understand, not that they're wrong or right, but it's coming from somewhere. It's coming from a place that may or may not take you where you want to go. Absolutely. And so, but when we're talking about stuff, like I know you're you're going after the same things. And so I'm able to just copy and paste. Like, oh man, it's a good idea. Let's just do that. Yeah. We don't have to like sit and translate it and have the focus group and how this going to affect it. You know what I'm saying? Like typically that's what we have to do. Right. Um, but uh, anyway, that's a practical example of how even just in our conversations, it's made our churches a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's made our church a little bit better. And so imagine that we multiplying these conversations and just instead of just two of us, there's 10 of us, there's yeah. 20 of us. There's all of our white people got rid of all their dogs. <laughs> <laughs> dogs got to go. Dogs got to go. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the group, so yeah, podcast, you, need to go back. you need to go back. <laughs> you got rid of all the, dogs. all the dogs. You got some committed people though. I love no, 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 it. No, no, but I love it. It's funny. We have talked, that's been, that's, I mean, people messing, you know what I'm saying? But like that, that has been one of the conversations. Like, all right, you know what I'm saying? I was like, but no, it's, it's if, you, if you love Jesus, you get rid of the dogs. No, but it's, it's like some of them are like, okay, yeah. you know, um, have, have I really thought through that to the way I need yes. to? And so ha- the conversation, and I even even from the podcast, I was having a conversation with a brother recently and um, he, he, something just pinged him. And so we just he just one of our members, one of our leaders is asking all these different questions. Yeah. And so it's just instilling different DNA even into our culture when you start having those different conversations. And sometimes a different voice is actually really helpful for your yeah. context, too. It makes you think different yeah. because you because we have cultural blind spots, too. Sure. And so being in a being in a a group of people who are fighting for the same thing, actually going to help you see your own blind spots. And my, my long shot goal. So we got the podcast, we got the cool horts coming. We got the workshops launching Uh, my, my ultimate goal with really radiant church and cross culture collective simultaneously is to be a part of a movement of multi-ethnic church planting. Praise God. Like I say it's really the same thing because that's that's just like in my heart, right? So if cross culture like don't do it, like Radio Church gonna do it. Like I'm, I'm just I just want to be a part of it. I'm not saying start it. I'm not saying have our name on. I'm saying like man, we just want to be a part of what I think is a necessary movement of multi ethnic church planting. Yeah, right. Um, so. Radiant, we're committed to do our piece. I know Grace is committed to do its piece, Absolutely. but the Cross Culture Collective could gather all these pieces and just share. Yeah. Hey, what are you learning, right? What do you, what have you learned that's been effective? We can share and multiply effectiveness across the country. And so, the Cross Culture Collective is hopefully this just gathering place of like-minded leaders who are all pursuing 
biblically informed diversity, right? Which we call cross culture. They're pursuing that. And then they're just sharing yeah, and being encouraged by one another and encouraging others. And when guys thinking about hopping out the fight, like, nah, man, I got, I got you. Right. Like when guys are on the, on the top of the wave feeling it, they can pour out into other people. And so that type of environment so that the work continues, the work continues. And so that's, that's the hope behind all of cross culture collective. That's good. Anything to add to that Pastor Will? No, I mean, I think that's, I think that said it. I mean, again, I just would say, if you're listening out there, regardless of where you are, you need you need people, you need a community, but yeah. you need community that's going to be fighting for impressing you in the right ways. Um, it is it is a fool's errand to surround you surround yourself with people who are just gonna who are just either gonna affirm you or to actually lead you in a direction you don't want to go. Yeah, and so you just got to be aware who are the voices you're listening to, who are the people who are challenging you, because we become uh, like the people we're around. And so you just want to be thinking about it um, when it comes to being around people who are different than you very intentionally. But also when it comes to this type of work, I would just say we all need people who are fighting for this. Yeah. In our lives. And my final thought would be right on those same lines. I'm deeply grateful for the local relationships I have. Mm. Right. I mean, I've, I've been fortunate to have like really good, meaningful relationships with pastors in the city. Mm. Right. Um, I know a lot of pastors struggle with loneliness and feeling disconnected. And I know it's a real thing. Um, and so I, I really consider it a uh, grace and mercy where I feel like I've got real friends who are pastors. Yeah. And we, we don't talk all the time because we're busy. Right. But there's deep connection. There's real trust. Like I can call them and share a marriage issue in my life. I can call and share a sin struggle. Like I feel that level of, of confidence. But by and large, all of those pastors are are moving their churches in a different direction. Mm. Right. Not a bad direction. I'm not saying they're sinners or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, we're just not trying to do the same things. Right. Uh, it's like the difference, man, uh, Sunday school church versus uh, groups church. Right. Or, you know, contemporary service versus, you know, tradi- like the great godly people in all those environments. You just whatever your advice you take, it has to be translated. Yeah. And so um, I got dear friends who are, you know, not even part of the, the tradition, like Anglican friends. I mean, one of my best pastor friends in the city is an Anglican pastor. Yeah. We fight about everything. Right. <laughs> we, we disagree on a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, so we have deep, meaningful relationships. Right. But I can't just say, hey, what are y'all doing? for this Sunday service or what are y'all doing for Christmas or what are y'all doing for whatever? Right. Cause they, they're doing it differently and that's okay, but it's something meaningful to have brothers like yourself and others who like, not only is there deep friendship, but there's also a collaborative sense to our communication because we're running in the same direction. Absolutely. So um, if cross culture collective, is it that for you? Find it. Yeah. Find it, find it somewhere. Um, We're not probably the only people doing this. So, Find that kind of connection somewhere. If you don't have it anywhere, reach out to us, man. Yeah. Um, the cohorts haven't launched officially, but that don't mean we can't chill and hang out. You know what right. I'm saying? That's so, right, bro. Yeah, shoot us, shoot a contact, shoot us an email, crosscoachcollective.com. Get in touch with us, man. If you feel like you're in this work by yourself, um, if you're a Christian leader of any level and you just feel like, man, I feel like I'm the only one, reach out to us. Yeah, that's good. Reach out to us. That's good. You good, Pastor Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Same right. just a podcast. <laughs> Ain't just a podcast. First of many things, Lord willing. So hopefully that's been biblical, helpful, practical. Um, next time we will pick up the conversation. I think we're talking about worship soon, right? Let's do it. People have been waiting on this. They one. have been waiting. On <laughs> we've, been, we've been waiting to wait for a little bit. We got worship coming, y'all. Y'all, y'all stand by. All right. God bless. Hey, thanks for joining our conversation today. This podcast is a resource of the Cross Culture Collective. If you want to learn more about who we are or what we're up to, you can visit us online at crossculturecollective.com or on all the socials at the Cross Culture Collective.